So children as young as eight years old were injured in yesterday's shooting. Many more saw parents and friends and community members injured or killed. So we want to talk now about how to process a traumatic event like this with the children in your life. But before we get there, I want to jump to a caller who's been standing by. Here's Ethan in Naperville. Hi, Ethan. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Uh, Big fan of the show. Thank you so much. What's on your mind? Um, So, you know, I'm interested to hear about the mental health part of it and talking to your kids um, part of it. But I will say from a a young person's perspective, as a 19-year-old who's pretty much grown up uh, with these mass shootings their entire life, it's it's disheartening um, to see that nothing really gets done from the political standpoint of it. And it it makes me lose faith in, in the system. And, you know, my entire life I've been raised on that America, you know, is one of the best countries out there. And it's it's just disheartening to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that, Ethan. We really appreciate your call. With me now is Dr. Tali Raviv, who's a child clinical psychologist and associate director of the Center for Childhood Resilience at Lurie Children's Hospital. Welcome back to Reset, Dr. Raviv. Thank you, Sasha. Wow. I I know you just heard Ethan there. He says, I grew up with these mass shootings my entire life. Yeah, absolutely. I think those of us who are old enough to remember a time pre-Columbine in 1999 know that Columbine shocked and horrified the nation in a way that is different than today's youth who don't remember a time before incidents of mass violence and school shootings and and these kinds of of issues. And I think even the fact that you're saying welcome back to the show, Mm -hmm. it's because I've been here. You were just here. Yeah, we talked to you after the school shooting in Uvalde. Um, Yeah. Really sorry that we are talking again so soon um, about this, this, this very same topic. How are you processing this? right now? Yeah, I mean, I look, this is what I do for, um, for my professional life. And yet that doesn't make me immune to the same kinds of um, shock, horror, disbelief, frustration, anger, all of those feelings that I have as just a parent to four children. Um, As a member of a community, I grew up uh, next door to Highland Park in, in Northbrook. Uh, I have a lot of friends and family um, who are in Highland Park, so this really hits close to home. Um, and, you know, all you can do is really take the time to that you need to kind of think about, process, talk to, talk to loved ones, um, and hug your children tight. What advice do you have uh, for parents of kids? Uh, you know, hugging them tight is one thing, but I'm thinking of the parents of kids who were actually there yesterday in Highland Park, at the parade, having a grand time before shots ring out. How are they supposed to help those kids process what they saw? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I would remind all parents, because they're going to be worried about their children, I would remind all parents that children have the capacity to be extremely resilient when they get the right supports. And so it is going to be normal that some children more than others will have some reactions to this event. And so I think, first of all, starting the conversation, 
opening up the lines of communication, but following the lead of the child. So I wouldn't push conversations on them. Little children often process in small bits of information. They can't sit down necessarily and talk for an hour. So it may come up at various times. So just signaling that you're going to put down what you're doing. You're open to having that conversation. Uh, Not talking about it can make it seem even more threatening in their mind. Um, Mm -hmm. silence might make them think that you're not ready to talk about it. And sometimes kids think it's their job to protect you. Um, And so really making space for those conversations and making sure that you as the adult are taking good care of yourself so that you can um, be there for your child. And if you can't, um, then thinking about who else um, could you tap, you know, what other friends or family members could, could really be, be doing that to your, for your child. Yeah. And, and your advice of, starting the conversation. Is that also relevant for for parents or for families who weren't at the parade? Yeah, absolutely. I think think it's always good. You know, media is everywhere. Kids are likely to hear about this if they haven't heard about it directly from you or heard it on the news. They're going to hear about it from a friend. So starting the conversation and letting them know they may have heard something and that you're here to answer questions Um, correct any misinformation, Um, start with what have they heard so that you understand what they know, correct anything that's inaccurate, um, and encourage them to talk to you about how they're feeling. Yeah. Explaining this type of event to a small child we know is different than talking to a teenager, say Ethan, for instance, our caller earlier. How do parents approach this for the different age groups? So it's it's a great question. We first of all, I want to point out that we do have a lot of resources on our website, childhoodresilience.org, um, and they do talk about different um, recommendations as well as different signs and symptoms to be on the lookout for by um, age range. And so those are really great resources that we encourage families to take advantage of if they have any questions. I think for um, for all children, you want to work with their level of understanding, what is their um, developmental age? What can they understand? And for all of them, it's important to know that um, that these events are rare, even though they don't always seem like they are. They are rare and adults are working to keep them safe, trying to get them back to their routines as much as possible. Um, and really talking for older teens, I would uh, sometimes things like Ethan was saying, you know, what can I do to either help that community directly or be involved in activism? If that's something that speaks to, to you or your family or your child, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times everyone's looking for, for what can we do? What can we do? Are there warning signs we can be watching for in, in children who might be experiencing trauma right now? Yeah. So first of all, I would be, um, I would be looking at those children who are more likely to experience, um, you know, more uh, extended effects. Those children are ones who were there or knew someone who was hurt or injured. Um, And any young people who had any pre-existing mental health difficulties, pre-existing trauma, anxiety, those are kids to keep an extra close watch on. Um, You always, in the short term, especially for children who were directly exposed, it's normal to have some difficulty sleeping, maybe increased clinginess, um, you know, worries, you know, not looking like they're enjoying things as much as they used to. But if that is persisting, um, you know, beyond two, three weeks or a month, depending on their level of exposure, that might be a time to kind of get them some extra support or mental health support. 
Um, also, any changes in functioning. So if they're not wanting to do things they used to do, if they um, are seeming very withdrawn and sad all the time, um, those are things to look for. And of course, if there's any conversation or thoughts about death or dying or hurting themselves, those are those are some signs that they should get some immediate support. Any other resources that you want to recommend for, for parents and families right now? I think the um, National Child Traumatic Stress Network, nctsn.org, um, has a number of resources available about all types of traumatic events, and they have um, them available for parents and caregivers and teachers, um, mental health providers, pediatricians, and so that that's another great resource. We also link to several of their resources, as I said, on our on our website. Dr. Tali Raviv is a child clinical psychologist and associate director of the Center for Childhood Resilience at Lurie Children's Hospital. Thanks so much for your time, doctor. Thanks, Sasha. The Chicago Sun-Times also has a list of resources for children and for adults who are coping with trauma in the wake of this latest mass shooting. You can find that at suntimes.com and at wbez.org. Those resources include guides from the National Child Traumatic Stress Network, which offers information in several languages, including English and Spanish. There are self-help resources for survivors and fact sheets for caregivers and schools. You can also download an app to assist with recovery after mass violence. Now, links to those resources and more at suntimes.com and wbez.org resources. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.